Happy first Sunday after Easter, everybody. And how about Easter last week? Was that not great? It was awesome. Yeah. Well, man, um, that song right there, actually, God's nonsensical love that we talked about last week with Easter. And the first thing he said was, Jesus said, repentance for the forgiveness of sins is going to be preached to all nations. Anybody need this, that this week, by the way? Anybody need some forgiveness of sin this last week? <laughs> this morning, right now? All right. But the other thing God said, that Jesus said, that was going to happen, that we celebrated with his nonsensical love, he said that you're going to actually receive power from on high. The Holy Spirit's going to come. And you are going to be reconciled back to God, and God's Spirit is going to be living inside of you. So Easter is actually, right, the ascension of Jesus Christ. After he was raised from the dead, he came back. He was with his disciples. Then he ascended into heaven. And then Pentecost happened. The celebration that the Spirit of God, that Jesus had reconciled, the chasm between heaven and earth was taken care of, and the Spirit of God moved inside a group of people. And you guys, what that did right there is it created the church. It created the church. And that's what we are. K2, the church. That's what we are. And the church, you guys, is the God's plan to actually change the world. It's an amazing, amazing gift that God has given us. So tonight, what I want to do with you is I'm going to share a vision that we've been working on for months now. And uh, how we believe that God actually wants to do that through K2. How does God want to fill us with his Holy Spirit? Excuse me, um, that's my wife. I'll be right with you, honey. How does God want to fill us with his spirit and actually change the world through this group of people? Because that's his plan and that's what the church is. So, hey, I want to pray. Let's just pray together and let's ask God, each one of us, just to speak to us individually and then speak to us corporately. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you have carved the way, as the scripture tells us, that we can actually come right now into the throne of grace to receive mercy and to find grace to help us. And God, we all admit, as we just sang, that we need you. God, we need you every minute of every day. But Lord, we, we need you corporately too. And so Lord, I, I just pray. I thank you that you're here. I thank you, God, for your presence. I personally ask that you would just take over and speak to these beautiful people that you love, that you gave your life for. God, we wanna know you. We wanna know all of you. We wanna be filled to the whole measure of the fullness of you. We wanna see you someday face to face and know that we lived every moment down here the best we could in union with you. I'm asking for your grace, God, and your mercy today. Have your way in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Acts chapter one, verse eight, right? Here's what Jesus said. Acts is the, is, is, is the book of the Bible, right? You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They told the story of Jesus. Luke, the third book there, he was the author. And he continued to write the story in the book of Acts because he wanted all of us to understand what the church was about. In fact, starting next week, we're going to begin a series where we're going to be looking at the church um, and what it's supposed to be like. But the very at the beginning here, as you can see in chapter one, verse eight, Jesus says this. 
you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So if you remember last week, he said, hold on guys, don't leave here until you receive the gift. You're going to receive power from on high. You're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then he says, and you will be my witnesses. Where? In Jerusalem. So for these guys, what was he saying? He goes, you're going to be witnesses in your city. And so if he was saying that to us, he would say, hey, K2, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you're going to be witnesses in Salt Lake City. That's where I live. Okay. In fact, I wasn't even thinking about this. Say, say your city. You will be witnesses in. Okay. You're going to be witnesses in your city. And then he, but then he goes in Jerusalem. And then he says in all of Judea. So if you look at the map, you can see Jerusalem's the city. Judea is the area. So he says, hey, you guys are not only going to be witnesses in your city, you're going to be witnesses through this whole valley. <laughs> and then he goes on and he keeps going. And he goes, and Samaria. Now we're really extending it out and we could go the whole state of Utah. <laughs> and though he's not done yet, he goes, and even to the ends of the earth, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, which is every Christian again. You guys, a Christian is someone who has been reconciled to God and the Spirit of God has filled us. And Jesus is just saying, if that happens, man, you will be my witnesses in your city, in your region, in your state, and all over the earth. And God is so clear. We looked at it last week. God loves who? Everybody. He loves the world, man. Every person is his creation. We looked at this a few weeks ago. God goes after the lost. And here's what we know, you guys. K2 is definitely God's idea. And I've said this for 19 years now, that we did not move out here, right? 30 of us moved out here. But we did not move out here to hang out because <laughs> we could have hung out in Michigan. <laughs> if God wanted us to hang out, he didn't need to move us here. <laughs> so the only reason he moved us here was because he was saying, hey, you guys who have my spirit, I'm empowering you and I'm sending you out. And he brought us here to Utah. And the reason he brought us here is because every person matters to him. They're his creation. They're his people. And he wants everyone to be reconciled to him. And so I just want to tell you, as we, we have, we've been working for months now on what I'm going to share with you today. And one of the things we've been praying for, because we know that God, this is God's will for us as a church, is we are feeling a reigniting of our call to reach every person in this state. And that's why K2 is here. And that's what we're going to do. So let's look at a scripture right here. This tells us why. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Why are we going to be committed to doing the, everything that we can to reach every person in this state of Utah? Because Christ's love compels us. Christ's love compels us. God so loved the world. Hey, would one of you guys go ahead and shut that door? Thanks, Chris or Mike. Um, God's Christ's love compels us. And so when you've received, like I talked about last week at Easter, that God pours his love inside of your heart, man, once you have that, it's like then his love is compelling us and we're going, man, we see everybody as somebody that God loves. And we are convinced that one died for all. all. Every person. You don't know anybody at your workplace or on your street, in your neighborhood, in your family. You don't know a person 
that Jesus didn't die for, we are convinced that he died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live and who are those who live? That's us. That's the church. It's the people who have been born again with his spirit. He goes, I have given you eternal life. And then he says that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So God, guys, God brought us back to himself. And he said, listen, I love the whole world. And so the whole reason I brought you to myself was, yes, I love you. And I want to be reconciled to you, but I also have this massive master plan. And the way I'm going to reach the whole world is by literally giving my life inside of yours. And then we're going to go out and we're going to change the world. So he goes, therefore, in verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, if you're a Christian, if you actually have put your faith in him and God's spirit is inside of you, you're a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. And all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And look at this. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. I, I don't know if you guys know that. Do you know that? That if you are a follower of Christ, God has actually given you a ministry. <laughs> He's given you a service. And it's the service of reconciliation that God was reconciling who? The world. God was reconciling the whole world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us. K2, there's no way that we can be the church fully without understanding this important thing right here. God has committed to us the message of reconciliation. And we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. And so we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So if we want to, well, we did, man. We celebrated like crazy last week, this amazing love of God, this, this, this nonsensical love of God. But as soon as you receive that, and as soon as his love is inside of your heart, really, and poured inside of you, God immediately starts to woo you to himself, unites you with his spirit, and then he says, oh, come on, baby, let's go. Let's go change the world. Let's go help every person you know get reconciled back to me. And so, how can you and I, how can K2 the church actually take this scripture to us and say, okay, we've received power, right? Have you received power? Okay. we got one over here. Awesome. So can I get two? Can I get two? You have received power, man. And you are his witnesses. And we're going to do it in our city. And we're going to expand it to the valley. And we're going to keep going. So now I just want to share with you how we at K2 are going to do that. When we moved out here, you guys, um, we knew that we wanted to be involved. We were a church plant. That's what we were. Kensington, the church that we came from, was a church plant. I got to be part of something that didn't exist and start it, which was fantastic. We came out here, it didn't exist, and we started it, and it was fantastic. I think it was the first or second year of our existence. I really sensed God say, hey, Dave, 
I want you to care about every church that gets planted in this valley. And that's what we've been doing, y'all. We have been loving church planters who've moved into this valley. We care for them. I meet with them on a monthly basis. We even were the main supporters of Starting Loving Utah. The Dave Elsog is doing a fantastic job of leading right now. And we, we, we are committed. We've been helping everybody else that we can plant churches and be successful. We, we always say we want them to survive because I don't know if you know this, but a lot of church plants don't survive. We want them to survive. We want them to thrive and then eventually multiply. But eventually, just a few years ago, I felt like God said, hey, thank you for doing that. But now it's your turn. <laughs> K2, it's our turn. It's our turn to multiply ourselves. And so that's what we're going to do. And so our desire in the next 10 years, you guys, we are going to start a plan to start planting churches all around this valley. And here's what, here, if, if we could in 10 years, what we would love to see happen is, you know, I-15, right, comes right down the center of our valley. And there's an east side and a west side to our valley. And every neighborhood is so unique and different. It's one, it's one of the amazing things to me. Like when I lived in Detroit, I mean, there was a, you had to drive quite a long ways before things got different in the city. Things were so the same. Here you drive 15, 20 minutes and it's just different. <laughs> so we want to see one of the things I feel like we've experienced here has been in, in God, in our journey of getting us to this size of a church is one of the coolest things that happens here every week is I'll be hanging out here 20 minutes, 25, half hour, and people are still hanging out here. <laughs> there is a cool fellowship that's happening in this, in this, in this size of, of a church. And what we're realizing, you guys, is that community, real community, churches that love each other and are committed to each other happen best when you actually live by each other. <laughs> Like I know for us, our small group, one of the things that's cool about our Life Together group is that we all kind of live in the same area. And because of that, we can actually do life together. It's a beautiful thing. So we want to see six churches. We would love to see six churches planted over the next 10 years in these six different places of our valley. One on the northeast side, one on the northwest side. One on the, right in the middle on the east side, one in the middle on the, on the west side. One down south on the east side, one down south on, on the west side. And what's so cool, you guys, is because when you look at that, if you have West Valley and you have Draper and you have Sugar House, where I live, and you have Harriman and you have Midvale and you have, and you have Cottonwood Heights and it's just like every place is so unique and so different. And by the way, I have people I love who live in Harriman, but I, I don't want to get an Airbnb to go see them, you know? <laughs> like, we always tease them, like, what are you doing moving to Vegas? Come on. Seriously, there, we, we've developed it. It's a, you have to make plans to try to see some of these people. It's really hard to be tight and be in each other's lives when you're living all over the place. So what would it look like if we could create six different churches all around this valley, and here's what we'd love to see them be, completely unique in their expression. We would love to find leaders who live in that area of town, who have a passion for their city, who understand it, who live there, who know the people, and who have a unique vision. I really think one of the things we want to see is, we, we, like sometimes churches have campused, okay, there's church planting and there's campusing. And what's happened in the past is like my church back in Detroit, Kensington, they have campuses. So when they, when they plant a campus, 
every place like a Kensington campus looks exactly the same as the, as the, as the main one. So they want to try to give a Kensington experience everywhere. Uh, that's not really our vision. Because I, don't th- I think what God wants to do with us, with K2, is going to be unique because of who we are. But then if we find somebody else who has a unique vision, a different personality, and we can put them out into a different place of the valley, then we want to breathe life into that. And we want to support them. And we want to say, yes, go. So we're not saying there's going to be K2s all over the valley. But we are going to say we want to birth babies all over this valley. Yeah, thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> And we really do. We're, we're hoping that they will be, because we're doing that, they can be communities that are smaller, where people know each other, where they love each other, and where, they, where they're on mission in their community together and their unique expressions. Here's the other thing that we really want to see happen, that we've been learning. Um, Loving Utah uh, is having lots of conversations with this. There are other people, you guys, like I've shared, who are in our boat. It is difficult to find property. It just is. It's just, there's just not stuff out there. Like I've already told you, like we have great realtors. We just, there's just nothing out there. So one of the issues has been how do churches in Utah find properties? How do they get places where, where we can actually exist and have long-term solutions to the gathering places? And one of the things that we are really excited about, and a lot of people are, are gathering together, scheming of this, and some people have already done it. And that is, we would love every church plant to actually also somehow provide a service to the community. Where there's actually like a business happening within the building all week long, so that the church isn't empty all week long. I, by the way, if, I don't know if you guys know this, Southeast is amazing. These guys right here, if you stop by, there's people in this building all week long. People are using this thing like crazy. They're doing an amazing job. But there's another church, um, Sego Church. They actually have a, a, a daycare. And they're, they're, their church is a daycare. And, they're, and by the way, I don't know if you know this, but man, people are on waiting lists for daycare. It is a service to the community. And then all week long, people are coming to Sego Church. Not for church, but they're coming there. And then here's the amazing thing, is all the resource that comes in through the business actually pays for the building. And so the tithe that the church gives doesn't have to go to facilities, it can go to all to ministry. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah, yeah it's, it's an amazing thing. Um, and so um, we have a, the you know, salt mine, which is a, a cooperative workspace, Hope Church meets there. And, and Salt Mine is a great business, a wonderful place. And, and the resources that come in there, they provide a place for them to meet. They provide a service to the community and the resource takes care of the facility. Man, there are so many, somebody sent me some pictures of a church in North Carolina. They built a sports center. So, okay, yes, that's what all of ours are going to be is a sports centers. But no, I mean, it was fantastic because, you, you know, and so a guy took a video of it and you walk in and over here's an indoor soccer field and there's a, a gym with weight rooms and then over here's a, a basketball court and there's people just coming in all week long, taking advantage of this, of this place. They're serving the community. And then on Sunday, they roll this thing out over top of the basketball floor and it becomes, and they turn it into their church service. I, I tell you, there's so many different ideas. And so what we're saying is, how can we serve? What does each unique community need? How could God give us the vision and the resources to actually meet that need 
And then how could that facility actually be paid for so that all the resource that you guys give through your ties go out and be doing more ministry? All right? So that's our larger vision. And I just want to tell you now, with our current search, and we're going to be praying about this in a little bit, but I, as we keep looking, I've said this here again, I think God has just been telling us, I know he told me one day, because we looked at another property and it just, it just wouldn't work. And I just took a walk and I was praying and I just felt like God said, Nelson, you got me in a box. Get me out of the box. Yes, I gave you $1.7 million. You have this money that's ready to go and you could go purchase something. So you've just decided, you know, as a, you know, so, okay, we're gonna, we, we have money, we're gonna purchase something. It's gonna be in this geographic area and it's gonna be this size. And he's like, I'm a little bit bigger than that. So just open your eyes and be willing to do whatever I ask you to do. And that's what we're doing. And so, man, just keep praying for us, you guys, because we're, we're, we're we, I, I told somebody again, just as we're walking in, it's like, I, and I've told you guys, I really have total peace about this because we can't make a property just pop up, but he can, he can. And I am absolutely convinced that he will when it's the right time in the right way for his glory. So, um, so that's the, the, the 10,000 foot kind of how are we going to say, believe the scriptures that say power has been given to us through the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be witnesses in our city, but we're also going to expand ourselves as we go out. And I also wanted to say, guys, these, these churches, we will be absolutely partnering. We will be brothers in this. We will be, we will be connected at the hip and, and, and loving each other as we move forward. So that's the first thing. And by the way, I, I, I could tell you so much more, but uh, believe me, if you have any questions, you know, stuff that you want to know about this, if you're interested in any of these ideas, man, please let us know, okay? Please let us know. And we'd love to share them with you. But now I want to bring it to right now. That's our 10,000 foot view. But what about right now? How do we have, how do we express the church with power so that we are actually witnesses? You know, if, 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 you, if you ask anybody today about church, if you ask people about church today, most people will say what? Like you're driving down the road, you see Southeast, what do you say? Hey, there's a, there's a church. So a church is a building. And then if you ask people about church today, people, it's, it's someplace that you go, right? You're, you're, you, you might go to work uh, tomorrow and somebody will, or no, that'd be uh, tomorrow's Sunday. Um, <laughs> See, I'm still stuck on this. But you could say, you know, meet somebody tomorrow and they'd say, hey, what'd you do yesterday, last night? And you go, oh, I went to, I went to a church. So, so it's a building, it's a place, or it's somewhere that you go. And so what we usually say is, hey, did, did you attend church? Like we attend a football game, right? But I want to tell you, church is not something that you go to. It's something that you are. Church is not something you go to. It's what you are. So we don't go to church. We actually are the church. And this is, this is in, in America, and I think many places around the world, this is, there's a mentality that we have to shift here. Okay? Ephesians 5.23 says this. Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he's the Savior. His church is his body. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it says, and now you are 
the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. See, what did the scripture say? Church is what you go to for an hour. Is, is, that, what the church, is that what the scripture said? <laughs> no, it said, you are the church. You are the body of Christ. In Ephesians 4.16, it says this, from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Well, from him, what does that mean? It means that there is a living connection, right? Because earlier it says Jesus is the head of the church. And so from him, the whole body. So, so what the church is, is it's a group of people who are having a living experience with God. And from him, through this Holy Spirit, he said, you're going to receive power from on high. And when a group of people get together who have received that, he goes, okay, now you're my body. And then he says, and the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament. That means what? That means there's a living connection between us. So it's from him, there's, we're engaged with God and we're connected to him and his spirit fills us. But when it fills us, the next thing that happens is now we join together, we're held together and there's a living connection between us. And then he goes on and then if that happens, we grow and we build ourselves up in love as each part does its work. Well, what's the work? What, what's the work that he wants us to do? I love this when the guy said to Jesus, he goes, what works must I do, right? To get eternal life. And, and Jesus said, the work of God is to, is to believe. It's to believe him. And that word means to trust him. It's faith. So which means when you hear his voice, when you hear his voice, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me because you have faith in him and you trust him. So what's the work? What is, what is Jesus? What are a few things that Jesus has told us to do that we know our, our work because it's faith? Well, he said, love one another <laughs> as I have loved you. In other words, he laid down his life and he gave himself up for us. And now he's saying, and now I'm in you and I want you to love one another in the same way I loved you. And then he makes it so clear. I want you to care for the poor. I want you to care for everyone who's in need. And obviously we already looked at it. He goes, you guys are my ambassadors. You are the ones I've given you a ministry of reconciliation. I've committed to you, all of you, to make sure that every person out there has a chance to be reconciled to me. And then he said, and go make disciples. Go make disciples. Baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey. Okay? So here's what's interesting. In America, we make church about one hour a week. One hour. And we go, that's, that's part of the church. I, I went to church. But being the church, you guys, being the church happens the other 167 hours. You can't love each other with a sacrificial love like Jesus had for us in just this hour. You can't care for all the people who are on need in this hour. You can't invite and share and proclaim the good news of Jesus to everybody who needs to hear it in this hour. And you can't make disciples just in this hour. 
And so I want to tell you guys, in Acts chapter 1, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses where? Where? Midvale. Perfect. Yes. In Jerusalem. In your city. On your street. In your workplace. On the soccer field. In your school. You guys, it's not here. It's out there where it happens. And so, here's what we're going to do. I just want to tell you, man, the church was not created to attend something. The church was created to change the world. The church wasn't created to attend something. It was created to change the world. So here's what we're going to do. From now on, we are trying something brand new every time we gather here on our Saturday nights and eventually Sunday morning. Amen? All right, here we go. And we're just going to call it 167. Eh? Woo! All right, you go, Jordan. We're going to just call it 167. Why? Because this one hour that we gather together, you guys, is for the other 167. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take about 15 to 20 minutes of our service. We're going to take a third of our service. And we're going to make it about committing and encouraging and equipping ourselves out there. We're going to do a few different things. Sometimes we'll be casting vision for the stuff that we're doing. You know, like we did last week at Easter, right? We cast vision for Marge's house, which by the way is going fantastic. Way to go, all of you guys who are working on it. So we cast, cast vision for that. And then we're gonna celebrate. Every time we see God doing something out there in the 167, we're gonna be in here, we're gonna celebrate it. So be here next week because we'll be celebrating all the hard work that everybody's done this week on Marge's house. And then I'm so excited. We're just gonna share stories, you guys. We're gonna share stories. Here's the reality. Jesus Christ is in you every second of every moment of every day. He is always working. He said, my father's working and I too am working. He's always working. And what we want to get used to, this is going to be new. So we're all, it's going to be messy for a while. We're going to have to learn this. But we want to hear stories of how you've experienced God. And they don't have to be like last week, right? That was so amazing with Alvin and, and, and Robert. They, which both of you guys are here tonight. That, thank you, man, for letting us share your story. That was, a, yeah, it was awesome. But you know, sometimes it's not just huge life-changing stuff. Sometimes you actually had a win as a parent by the grace of God. And we want to hear about it. We just want to hear your story. We, and so we're just, we, we, anytime you experience God out there, we want to hear about it in here. And then we're going to be praying. I realize that, you know, we're, we're as guilty as anybody about making this about one hour. Like when we pray here, we almost always pray for this hour. But we want to start praying for everything that we're doing out there. Pray for people, pray for efforts, just asking God. Why? Because we believe he's here. Here's the verse. That, that gave me, that, that I've just been so excited about. It's 1 John 1, 3. And I feel like this, this just encapsulates what we're talking about. He says, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you can have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. You guys... Here's what the church is supposed to be. Filled with the Spirit of God, 
being his witness out there. If that's happening, if you and I are taking steps of faith with God, caring for those who are in need, inviting other people, loving them, serving them, caring for them, if we are loving each other out there, you know what's going to happen? You are going to be experiencing God, and now you're going to have things that you've seen. You've seen God do stuff. And then what John was saying is, and so we're going to proclaim to you, and that's what we're going to do at K2. Every week, we're going to get up here and go, hey, we're going to proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. Why? So you'll have fellowship with us. That means so you'll share life with us because that's what we are. We're the body of Christ. We love each other. We're creating a different type of community here. And we want you to know what we're seeing and hearing because we're experiencing God so that you can have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are experiencing a living God. And every week, we wanted to take time to celebrate that. So here's the hope, you guys. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Four things real quick. The first one is this. So that every one of us who believes in Jesus will actually be encouraged to be a follower of Jesus. Not just a believer, but a follower of Jesus. People around the world, they come over to America and they go, man, you guys in the West, you guys like to learn things. But we focus on doing things. I heard one guy say, why do we have Bible studies? He goes, they should be Bible doings. Think about that. Because what did Jesus say? He goes, it's not the person who hears my words and doesn't put them into practice, just learn stuff. It's the one who hears my words and puts them into practice who does them. So man, our hope, you guys, is that when we hear stories, every one of us, it'll spur us on to love and good deeds. Like we'll be sitting there, somebody will be eyes, and somebody will be up here telling the story and you'll be going, oh, I could do that. I had no idea. I think if we keep hearing stories, all of a sudden it's gonna open our eyes because God is working in your life all the time and maybe you're just missing it. But if we keep sharing stories, then hopefully it'll open our eyes to the stories that God is doing. So our first, I think it's going to spur us on as a body, which is super exciting to me. Secondly, I think this is going to help us grow even more as a community, as a real family. One day when I was praying, I just felt like God said, hey, Dave, no more presentations. Like, how can we actually be communal? Because you know what the scripture says as a church? You're a family. He says, you're a family and you're a body. And so what's so exciting is when we do these 15 to 20 minutes, it's going to be you guys. <laughs> It's going to be the church getting up here and having a chance to share and, and, and be prayed for and be encouraged. And all of a sudden, you're going to, we're going to start to know each other more. And we're going to be caring for each other more. And that's super exciting to me. Here's the other thing, though, that I just get super geeked about this. When I think of the people who don't know God yet that I love, I, I'm just going to tell you, I can't think of anything else that I would want to invite them to. I would love nothing more than the people I know who don't know Jesus yet to come to K2 and have them sit for 15 to 20 minutes and hear from you about how God is working in your life. That they would find out, not just from a message from the preacher, <laughs> but they would find out from people just like them. Wow, you are fellowshipping with God. You're experiencing a God. 
you are actually experiencing a community that's different than the world, and you're actually out there changing the world. I think, you guys, this could be the most exciting thing for a person who might be intrigued by God to come into a church and go, oh my gosh, this isn't about an hour? It's not something you just go to? It's like, no, you actually are experiencing God out there. Man, I, yeah, thank you. I, I just, I do. I am super excited about this. I, I, you know, when we started K2, we wanted, we would do anything to help anybody get closer to Jesus. And I'll be honest with you, we used to do some wacky stuff. Anybody, anybody with us in the early days? It was pretty crazy. But what we found out was when we started doing that stuff and we were over at the Fun Dome, it was like, just golf clap. It, it just wasn't, it, people were like, well, that was, it had its day and it worked. It's a new day, you guys. And what people want to know now is they go, why should I even engage with you? And the only reason they should is because we are fellowshipping with a living God who can give you life. And we are fellowshipping with each other and we're experiencing a community and we are going to proclaim to you what we have seen and heard because we want you to have what we have because we have Jesus Christ in our life. And that's what I'm excited for. You know, the other thing though, I also believe that this needs to be a hopeful place for those who do need to attend. I know so many people who are like, you know what? I came to K2 and I just sat in the back for years because I, I had questions, I was wondering, I was searching, I was confused, I was empty, I was lonely, I was super hurt, and I just needed a safe place to come. Can I just say, even if that's you here today, what I hope is that people would feel safe just to come and just be here. But while they're here, they're gonna experience a living God, not just attend something, but actually experience the fellowship, which means to share life with God. So you guys, K2, let's not go to church. Well, no, I, I would like you to come. That'd be great. But um, <laughs> let's not just go to church. Let's be the church. Let's be the church Let's have sacrificial love for each other. Don't just, don't just walk out. Don't just come here for an hour and bolt. Come here to engage with God and to engage with each other, to be filled with his spirit, to be united with him afresh, to remember how awesome he is, to confess and be forgiven and be cleansed so that we can walk out of here and love each other the way he loved us. That's going to happen outside these doors so we can care for those who are in need, so we can invite everyone to be reconciled to him and so that we can make disciples. All right? 167, baby. Here we go.